We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into an eventful September 6th, the front office show. We're just talking off air. Can't believe how much stuff is going on today. Suddenly, we, we've got the downpour. The skies opened up and NBA news is raining all over us. We've got a ton to get into in this show. Before we do, please make sure if you're on the YouTube channel, Hit the like button for us. Get this video out to as many people as we can. And then hit that subscribe button as well. And then over on the podcast side, if you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. In fact, you can do both things. Follow the podcast, follow the video side over on YouTube. Keith, uh, this is a, a busy day. For I was not anticipating this, but here we, we should have known when we got news immediately after yesterday's show ended. <laughs> that today we were going to be in for it. Yeah, it was funny. We got the unfortunate Trey Murphy injury news, like, what, 10, 15 minutes mm -hmm. after we finished recording yesterday. And we were like, well, that'll be our topic for tomorrow. And then, yeah, it was last night. All of a sudden it was, here's some James Harden, or I'm sorry, uh, Christian Wood news first. And then here's some uh, Danny Green news. And here's... Mm -hmm. Uh, then on the Zach Lowe, uh, the return of the low post, because he's been on vacation, it was like, hey, let's drop a whole bunch of things I'm hearing about trade talks and all this other stuff. And then it went right into uh, this morning with Ramona Shelburne's great piece on um, uh, James Harden. So we're, we're just you know crazy that we've got all this stuff kind of going on right now. And a lot of it's driven by the fact that there's still two superstars on the market post Labor Day. Yeah. Absolutely. And I guess let's, before we get into that, let's, uh, let's get the, the not fun. Cause most of this is pretty fun to dive sure. into. Let's get the not fun part out of the way. And that's Trey Murphy meniscus injury. We don't know the extent of it just yet. Again, the news broke literally maybe 10 minutes tops after we finished recording yesterday's show. So Trey Murphy meniscus injury, we don't know yet if he's going to require surgery to repair it. That will determine how long he's going to be out for. But it sounds pretty likely that that he's going to miss some time at the beginning of the season here for the New Orleans Pelicans. That's a, that's a big blow to a Pelicans team that needs all the shooters they can get. And Trey Murphy is a very, very good one capable of catching fire in an instant. So this is not for a Pelicans team whose Achilles heel has been injuries over these past few seasons. This is not a good way to start things out. No, not at all, because he's a guy 
who started a lot of last year because of injuries to both Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Uh, he was in that starting group, really looked like someone who was ready to take that leap. But uh, I think his career trajectory is looking an awful lot like Cam Johnson's in a way where it was slowly kind of work him in there as mostly a designated shooter and then kind of let him take on more, let him take on more. And now all of a sudden we've seen Cam Johnson has developed into a very reliable and pretty good starter. And I think that's where uh, Trey Murphy was headed towards. Now, was he going to start for this Pelicans team? Who knows, right? Because you've got Zion's back, Ingram's there, uh, Herb Jones, that's kind of your your forwards and your, your big uh, guard. So CJ McCollum's obviously going to start. Jonas Valanciunas is going to start. So don't know what Murphy's role would have been, but he was going to play a lot and probably end up starting a lot of games just with the injury history there. But man, this is, uh, you know, this, this sucks. Cause even if it's not a major injury, this is probably still going to have him starting the season late. I would guess mm-hmm. just given the nature of meniscus injuries. Yeah. And that's, that can be a challenge when you're trying to ramp up and get yourself back into game shape and, and all of that. It can take time. Um, not good, especially, look, we we were just talking about this. I was just doing a show yesterday where I was looking at the Western Conference. In fact, we kicked off our show yesterday talking about how deep the West is and how it may come down to injuries. Well, now the Pelicans have an, have an early one here um, in terms of who actually makes it into the play-in. There's going to be at least one really good team that doesn't even make the play-in in the Western Conference this year. And the team that absorbs the fewest injuries may just be, or the teams that absorb the fewest injuries or the team that gets the most injured is probably the more correct way to put it. Sure. Could wind up by default being the team that, that misses out. So um, I know it's easy to dismiss stuff early in the season to go, well, it's okay. It's just in October, you know, maybe he's back in November or December. The, you know, the season doesn't really start till after Christmas anyway, or after the trade deadline or whatever it is you want to say. No, not in this year's Western Conference. Every single game is going to matter so much in the West this year. Well, and you have very good experience with that where if you start out behind, Mm -hmm. you have to push really hard to make up that ground as the season goes along. And and we all know now you get into that playing tournament, one bad shooting game can end your whole season. And that that can be it, right? And that's just a matter of the way it can go. You can be a team where it's like, you know, if they get in, they could do some damage in the playoffs, much like the Lakers did last year. But if you just don't shoot well in one game and the other team does, it really doesn't matter what you mm-hmm. could have been. Your your season is over. So so I don't want to go there yet with the Pelicans, obviously. Sure. But to your point, yeah, this is not how you want to be starting, especially when you've been a team that was like, hey, we're finally healthy going into a year. And now all of a sudden you're, you're right back where uh, maybe you're not going to be. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens, of course, with Zion. That's the biggest you know, yeah. injury question mark is how long can he stay healthy? But um, not good for the start of the Pelicans. Hopefully, Trey Murphy, fingers crossed, we get news soon that he will avoid surgery. I'm sure if we get any kind of update here, it's going to come 10 minutes after we finish this this show. <laughs> that's Because that's the way this tends to go. Uh, exciting stuff. Team USA versus Germany. This is this is now official. Germany narrowly gets by Latvia, so they now we have uh, the semifinal set. Team USA against Germany coming up on Friday. We also have what is it? Uh, Canada against Serbia. Yep, that correct. Against right, Serbia, on, on the other side of the out. bracket. Yep, knocked out Luka Doncic in Slovenia. Luka got thrown out of the game 
Uh, he got very frustrating with offici- officiating, as he is apt to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd been chirping almost since the opening tip uh, at the refs, just was not happy. They, they were down, I think, when he got thrown out. It was, it was definitely, I would say, double digits. Um, mm-hmm. it, they, they were kind of hanging around, hanging around a little bit, and then down double digits. He thought he got fouled and said, one thing too many and he was already on one technical and and got the second and got thrown out of the game and Slovenia made a little bit of a rally made it a little closer than it probably should have been but then Canada got things back under control and pulled away so still on you know I guess on schedule for that potential U.S. Canada matchup in the finals but Germany and Serbia are gonna have plenty to say about that before all is said and done. Yeah, I'm expecting a very, very tight game on Friday with the U.S. and Germany. They already played once, uh, what, just over a week ago in, in kind of World Cup tune-up uh, practice games here in exhibition. And uh, and it was super close. You know, you've got Dennis Schroeder, you've got the Wagners, you've got Daniel Tice. Like, there's NBA players on this Germany team, yeah. and they are they're really good. So this is this is by no means a free pass into the final for the U.S. They're going to have their hands full on Friday. And Franz is back now. He's uh, played in the uh, game uh, the, the other day, or today, I guess it was, uh, this morning against mm-hmm. Latvia. And they, they Latvia had a ball in the air with a chance to win the game. Uh, yeah. Uh, Davis Bertans got a shot up and missed. And uh, Latvia, great run for them. And they played without his brother, uh, Dyrus Bertans. He got injured and, and had to miss. Otherwise, Latvia might have won that and kind of kept things moving uh, forward. Germany, the only team that's undefeated left in the entire tournament mm. too. So they're, they're, uh, you know, they're going to be a challenge for the U S they challenged them in the exhibition game. We'll see the U S eventually kind of, as they do with a lot of these teams, overwhelmed them with their depth. Then they pulled away and it made it there, but, but we'll see Friday, Friday morning, uh, USA, Germany, mm-hmm. about eight forty or so Eastern time, I think is when that'll tip. Yeah. I'd be, be interested to see how this all plays out. Anthony Edwards did not have a good game last go around. Of course, Mikhail nope. Bridges was on fire. So the U S just kind of kept feeding him. But Anthony Edwards was quiet last game. I expect we're going to hear from him quite a bit more on uh, on Friday. All right, let's. Well, Keith, let's just let's let's get into it. Ignite the drama. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Oh, the drama. <laughs> Damian Lillard trade talks. Or I guess really it's the lack of drama because the word is they're still not talking. We're we're weeks, not months, weeks away from training camp. Again, it can take one phone call to change this. But right now it still sounds like Damian Lillard's not going anywhere. I, do you, is this really going to persist or is this still are, are we still in posture land here? Yeah, I don't know. It was a you know great setup by Zach Lowe on the low post when he brought this up because he's like, back in you know the beginning of July, Damian Lillard asked for a trade. James Harden asked for a trade. I went on vacation for two months. I come back and nothing has happened, and then he kind of get into it uh, from there. And it was so it was fun, you know, to hear him kind of go through that part of it with you know the Dame stuff where he you know kind of said. Um, here it is. And he was on with Bobby Marks and he asked Bobby, he goes, are you hearing anything? Bobby's like, no. And then he goes, I've heard nothing. He goes to the point where he goes, what I've heard is there's no meaningful conversations happening at all. 
then Bobby brought up, which is something we've said is deadlines do spur action. We're roughly True. a month away from media day and all that, you know, closing in on closer to three weeks. We're, we're really about two, three weeks from, and we're going to get into this with a couple of signings that happened um, from everybody kind of filtering back into the home markets. It's usually about a week or two ahead of training camp and everything starting. Cause guys will start informal workouts. And that's when you hear on media day when they're like, man, so-and-so came back and he has a jump shot now. Uh -huh. He's so bigger, so much bigger and stronger and all this other 15 stuff. 15 pounds of muscle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, all I've ever wanted is for somebody to be like, man, you know what? Dude showed up super fat. He looks <laughs> terrible. Like, I can't. But, I don't hey, know what happened. If James Harden is not traded, that's what we're going to be hearing <laughs> at the be. at Philly's right. media day. Could be. So anyway, getting back to Damian Lillard, both uh, Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks openly said nothing is going on. Not just with Miami, but with nobody right wow. now. And Bobby kind of left it too, which is where we've been kind of, does this go into Dame just has to show up? Because he hasn't made any waves about I'm not coming in, I'm not showing up. He sounds like he wants to leave Portland as amicable as possible, yes. right? He doesn't want to, you know, turn this into a, you know, I burned all my bridges and I'm out of out of here with no chance of ever, you know, being thought of nicely again. Now that is still a card he can play, right? If he wants to make things uncomfortable, he could. But yeah, I'm very, very interested now because we're getting we're getting into the time where it's it's either this is going to happen or not. Because the other thing is Chauncey Billups, uh, Eric Spolstra, um, these guys they're going to start agitating a little bit towards like, hey, got to start building my plan for training camp. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to be implementing and how are we even filling out the rest of our roster in some cases and those kind of things. Portland still has open roster spots to fill. So, which they've clearly been kind of conserving, I think thinking there's a four for one or maybe a five for two type trade coming. So yeah, man, this is going to be, you know, now it's really any kind of time the phone dings, I'm going to be looking Yeah, just because I think we're into, it's either going to happen or it's not territory from it's really close to stuff starting up and that's when things will just slow way down. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just it. Like we, like you said, when you've got some sort of a, a deadline coming up, or even if it's a manufactured one, like media day can be, um, that's what can spur action. And so it wouldn't shock me if this, but again, right now, this is all kind of stalled, but it takes one phone call to change that. We're going to get into the Christian Wood situation in a minute, though. Keith, you and I have both been saying for a while, Christian Wood, and this is what we've been hearing from other places, too, he was waiting for Damian Lillard to get traded to Miami to see if an opportunity opened up there, to see you know, not just money, but also role, if something was going to happen there. Christian Wood, I don't know. I haven't heard what the Lakers' side of it was if there was some urgency pushed by the Lakers side. Hey, we're moving on. If you don't sign with us right now, if that type of thing went down, I guessed we were still a week or two away from that. But Christian Wood signing now with the Lakers, is that an indication that nothing's going on with Dame? Because he's waiting. He was the guy that was waiting for Damian Lillard to eventually go to Miami. If he's hearing, his agents are hearing that it's not happening, then it makes sense for him to go ahead and do a deal now. Yeah, I think what happened, we can get into it now with Christian Wood, Danny Green. We'll see if Kelly Oubre signs here in yeah. the next day or so. But I think it's these guys who are the veteran guys that are left on the market. 
I think I I know I can say with all certainty, at least a couple of those guys, what they were waiting to see is or what happens in an unbalanced trade. Yeah. Is there roster spots that open up in Miami? There's are the roster spots that open up in the with the Clippers if they did an unbalanced trade for James Harden. Because what when it comes down to it for these guys, they all basically knew. And I'm probably playing for the minimum at this point this season. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe I get part of an exception from somebody, but I'm probably playing for the minimum. So if I'm playing for the minimum, then what I want is I want a real role and I want to roll on a good team that's mm -hmm. going to allow me to rehab my value, show what I can do, ideally on a one-year contract or in like what Wood signed for is a one plus one, where it's really a one-year deal and I can show what I can do, get back on the market, and kind of go forward from there. So I think where we got to is these guys are looking at it and saying, man, like camps are opening. I'm going to a new team and formal stuff is going to start happening. I need to get in there early, make a good impression and all this stuff. So it's, I don't want to wait around anymore. Is this going to happen or not? Where is this going? And yeah, there's probably some level of Intel of, you know, I, I like, I'm not going to say the heat told Christian Wood, nah, we're not getting Damian Lillard, like, right. move on. But it might have been a situation where they were like, hey, there's nothing going on with it if you need to make another situation. And to that point, if he's like, well, man, I really want to play here, but my other option is play for the Lakers, you got the Lakers on the other side who might be like, hey, we're going to move on to Tristan Thompson or Bismack Biombo or exactly. Big Man X. You know, make a decision like we need to know because we want to have things together ready to go. We mm -hmm. know LeBron – we hear a lot ahead of training camp, gathers guys together, starts playing and all this stuff. I think he's he either is or was in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. But probably within the next week or two, we're going to start hearing about how, you know, LeBron got everybody together for informal workouts. And I'm sure if you're Christian Wood, you're like, well, I don't want to miss that. Right. Exactly. I want to be a part of it. So that's, that's, that's what kind of creates this urgency right now for these guys. And if Kelly Oubre signs here in the next day or so, I think we're really in a spot where, everybody's feeling like, all right, this is either going to happen too late for me or it's just not going to happen. So I get to grab the spot I can get right now. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. That That's it. Exactly. Where these guys, uh, you know, that urgency is building up. And if Christian Wood is still it now, if talks were fast and furious right now with Damian Lillard, maybe Christian Wood is still waiting and saying, you know what, this could go down any day. Let me wait. Let me see. Suddenly Miami trades away five players and there's a 25 minute a night you know, opportunity there for, yep. for me or something like that happens. But uh, again, it doesn't wind up going down that way. Now um, to get into the Christian Wood situation for, for the Lakers, um, I talked about this obviously a lot on, on Lakers nation, but it's kind of a no brainer here. The Lakers needed another big, no, he's not a great defender. Yes. There's reason there's cause for concern with a guy who's bounced around to different teams the way he has. The Mavs are looking for another big and still decided they're not going to bring Christian Wood back like there are some red flags here but the offensive talent is is clear he's automatically one of the best three-point shooters on the team because he shoots 38 percent from deep <laughs> for his career that they don't have a bunch of great three-point shooters um so I think this is a, a no-brainer signing for the Lakers if he's willing to come on a veteran minimum signing second year as a player option which we're seeing more and more in vogue um this offseason we've seen a lot of teams use these uh one-year deal plus the second year just you know it just so the players got some certainty in the event of some catastrophic injury or something like that. Yeah. But, um, but to me, this, this makes a ton of sense for the Lakers. They needed a big, they needed a floor spacer. Christian Wood is both of those things. And so 
this is probably the best result. You can make an argument for Bismack Biombo for sure. But given way, the way the market is at right now, I, I don't think you could ask for a whole lot more if you're the Lakers and you're trying to add another big. Completely agree. I, I think for the Lakers, this is a home run signing. Christian Wood is far, even if you hate his defense and you think, mm-hmm. even if you said he's the worst defensive big in the league, he's still worth more than the minimum because he's not, he's not giving back as many points as he's going to get you. Now, I think if you're the Lakers, what you need is, let's just be realistic. Anthony Davis is going to miss somewhere in the range of 20 to 25 games. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, history tells us that's probably where it's going to be. What you need is there was nobody they could assign to replace Anthony Davis's two-way ability. And never mind to even replace his defensive ability. Just sure. nobody was still left on the market. So at least this way, and I've been saying this for a while, on the nights when AD is out, and if LeBron happens to be out those nights, you throw Christian Wood in the starting five, you tell D'Angelo Russell, hey man, 25 shots tonight, they're yours. Yeah. And you try to win games by outscoring the other team. And you just you you just kind of go at it that way. And and you you know, you you just do that and see where it goes. And if it turns into one of those things where Davis misses two weeks with an injury, you could throw Christian Wood in there. And at the very least, you know, you're going to get 15 to 20 points, probably close to 10 rebounds. And the defense will be what it will be. And you'll figure, hey, let's hope we can stay in games close enough at the end. And then we could close with Jared Vanderbilt or some something small or whatever we got to do. So home run signing for the Lakers. I think for Christian Wood, this is a great opportunity for him to show, show up every day, ready to play. Don't be a problem at all. Just mm-hmm. show up and play basketball. Don't grumble about your role. Just do what you got to do. Really at this point, you just got to kind of beat out Jackson Hayes for minutes. You ought to be able to do that. Just show up, play, do your thing. And then a year from now, you could probably cash in much like Dennis Schroeder did. Go get a mid-level deal somewhere and move on. Because I, if if this, go, put it this way, if this if he's back with the Lakers next year, it picks up that option, or he's back on another minimum contract, that probably means Christian Wood didn't do much. And it probably didn't go all that great production-wise. If he's productive, then he's probably going to price himself out, move on. That's just generally how these things go. So, so we'll see. But yeah, I love this signing for LA. Yeah, I mean, look, this is as you said. There's millions of reasons now for Christian Wood to be on his best behavior. And look, there was the piece that came out. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Gosh, it was a while ago now. Probably over a month ago. I think it was from Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times where he had the quote from a league source that said something to the effect of if if LeBron can get Christian Wood to toe the line, that will cement his status as the greatest of all time. It was, some, it was something, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but it was something along those lines. Um, but I look at this situation from Christian, Christian Wood's perspective. If he doesn't make it work here with the yep. Lakers, with LeBron, with the opportunity that's in front of him, given the history of Dennis Schroeder, Malik Monk, hell, even Troy Brown Jr. got more than a minimum contemplate his way <laughs> yep. off of a minimum technically. He got to a biannual. Um, then it's probably never going to happen, right? Yep. And that's, that's just going to be the reality. And I think that's that's the situation that Christian Wood enters. This is a great opportunity for him, but there's the potential here for disaster too. If it doesn't work out, what what does the future look like for him? So there is, there's a massive downside here for Christian Wood, but there's also a lot of upside where he can play his way into millions upon millions of dollars if he makes things work in LA. Yeah, absolutely not. I'm going to bet that he does. I, I think, I so think he's going to play really well for the Lakers. And are there going to be issues? Sure. I don't think you'll see him outside of those nights when it's kind of everybody else is out. I don't think he'll close any games for the Lakers. I've seen some people already saying, well, he should start. I saw that you too. Know, next to AD. I, I don't yeah, know. I'm not there. I mean, I just, part of my problem with starting him next to AD for all of the supposed mileage that takes off ad because he doesn't have to play center you take away what makes him special as a five you start to change a little bit of that and i just lebron can't not play to play night to night can't defend threes anymore like you just can't do it he now if you're telling me i need one stop at the end of a game yeah i'll put lebron on just about anybody that's fine, but it's that night tonight. Part of it is he, he's too damn old to be chasing dudes around the perimeter mm-hmm. like that. He wants to be able to kind of lay back, play that free safety role, and you just can't do that if you're playing two other bigs. So I will we see it? Yeah, we're going to see it for sure. At some point, we will see lineups like that. But I think for the most part, Wood is probably going to slot in as AD's backup for, mm-hmm. what, about 15 minutes a night? most nights and then he'll probably get another five ten minutes played next to him and that that's yep. probably how it'll go yep yeah i agree 100 percent. yeah gone are the days of lebron shutting down MV- the mvp version of derrick rose <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. that's not happening anymore so that's it's not so much hey christian wood starting next to ad is a bad idea it's the it's not for anthony davis it's for lebron it's for the rest of the roster yeah the what that down looks down. like the trickle down exactly yep. exactly yep okay um let's get into well the storm clouds they continue <laughs> they continue to gather let's take a look at the weather report by this evening it is in southwestern georgia daryl Morey is a liar and i will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of why oh why is james harden so upset with the philadelphia 76ers well he feels like he got ghosted they were not responding to him prior to free agency and in fact according to that Ramona Shelburne piece the Sixers were stunned when James Harden picked up his option 
for this coming season. And now here we are in the, the current mess that the Sixers find themselves in. Uh, Keith, what do you think? James Harden felt the 76ers weren't responsive enough to him or his team uh, it, it, as they were trying to discuss things heading into free agency. What do you think about all of that? First thing I want to say, incredible, deeply reported and well-written piece by Ramona Shelburne. There, this is like like a class on how you do reporting and then how you weave that together into a mm-hmm. cohesive, really well-written uh, article story that involves all this reporting. So go check it out over on ESPN. Um, it's funny. I've seen some people, just because people have, they're like, there's nothing new in there. We knew all this stuff. Oh, we knew James Harden blew off Adam Silver about going to the All-Star game? Like, that was a new detail to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that happened because we all knew he was upset that he wasn't named an All-Star, but we didn't know he blew it off. But that's just how people are, right? Is they got to be, you know, oh, I knew everything already before anybody else knew it. I think, I don't know that I fully buy Philly's whole, like, line of, well, we, we, we couldn't talk to him because we had just gotten in trouble for tampering before. It's pretty rare you get in trouble for tampering with your own free agent. I think everybody kind of says, yes. we know what's going on there. Um, so that's part one of that. So I don't think that's necessarily a thing. Um, I think there is a side of this where it is um, – yeah, I, I get why Harden was frustrated, right? And all the things that went along with it. But it just sounds like this was as weird as it sounds because we're using the term ghosted because that's what the articles use. But it sounds like it was a relationship that went bad. It really does. But things were good. And then uh, this happened and somebody was upset. And on top of that, this happened. And then this, and nobody apologized for this and blah, blah, blah. And you know, next thing you know, it's like no one major thing, but it was 10 small to medium sized things. And the next thing you know, it's like, I don't want to be with you anymore. And that's kind of where we've landed with this. But the reality is, you know, these, the piece says like Daryl Moore doesn't want to move off of James Harden without like getting what he wants. And it does say like Harden still is steadfast and he's not going to play there. So I don't know where we go, but man, this is, you know, what a good, you know, story with a ton of you mm-hmm. know deep level detail and i'll be honest i came away a little bit with like come on harden grow up man like what, what are we doing here right right i mean so where like where do we go from here i i just don't i it's hard to imagine a scenario where james harden walks back from what because he's come out swinging here right saying that he'll never play for daryl Morey again i don't know how you walk that back but i don't know how how else this gets resolved unless suddenly the the 76ers become interested in the clippers package the clippers offer more or something like that i don't know where this goes i mean we're seeing it happen right now with jonathan taylor in the nfl this almost feels not the same but like does harden start the season on the 76ers roster but not play i just find it hard to believe that's where we go because I think the challenge with that is if he's on the roster, but doesn't play, it's the Sixers choice is my thought on that. I think it's the Sixers decided for him not to play. If he is on the roster and isn't playing by his own choice, 
that turns into the whole withholding services stuff and that'll impact right. his free agency and all those things. Now we could go down that path and him still believe, Hey, I'm going to get traded and it won't matter anyway. And maybe that is how it will go. I just continue to say, and I, I know it's repetitive, but I'll say it again. It feels like with Harden is Philly's playing with fire. If they bring him into camp, or into the regular season and expect him to play and play well. I just don't see it happening. Just history tells us that's not how it's going to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Especially if, you know, if this is unresolved, we've seen what happens when James Harden is not all in on a team and, uh, and it's not pretty, it's not pretty. It's not a good situation. So we'll see. Does the, does, does hurricane Harden downgrade into a tropical storm by the time of media day? Well, we're all going to be waiting on pins and needles to see what happens. It would be awesome if we could could get like an actual like weather report on media day of like, here we are. And you know, as he like rolls <laughs> into the building, that'd be amazing. We'll, put, we'll do the uh, like the green screen behind you. We'll do the, the storm raging. We'll put you in a poncho and, and uh, give you a, an umbrella. <laughs> I mean, this this oh is Pete God, Smith on the, on the scene here from the eye of the hurricane. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. I'm in. Um, let's see. All right. Last thing we've got for today. Speaking of the 76ers, Danny Green. Welcome back, Danny Green. Signs with the 76ers. Uh, suffered an injury. What was that? Was that last year? Or was that the year before? Uh, two years ago with two the Sixers ago. in the playoffs. That's right. Yeah. And now here he is back with the, the 76ers. I believe he had a stopover in Memphis off the top of my head. Cleveland. Well, awesome. yeah, he went to Memphis. They traded him to Memphis. He kind of finished out his rehab. Remember, returned much earlier mm-hmm. than anybody thought. Played. He might only played in a game or two with Memphis. Then he got. Uh, he either got waived and sent to Cleveland. I, I think he got waived when Memphis made uh, made the Luke Kennard trade. Maybe. Now, now I got to look it up. Now we're now we're in the weeds. Be accurate. Yeah, that's it. Right. We're 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 fully in. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, gosh, he's got so many years of history to scroll through. Uh, let's see. He went to Memphis in that draft day trade that sent DeAnthony Melton to Philly. Um, oh, he was traded to Houston um, in that big, mm. like Eric Gordon went out to, to the Clippers. John Wall went back to, to Houston uh, there. And then Houston waved him and then he finished. I knew he finished the year with the Cavs. So now he's on back to the 76ers and we'll see if he can uh, kind of extend his, his value. I, I would imagine this could even be a non-guaranteed. Yeah. I, I see, it's I see officially it's gotta be a, a non-guaranteed deal here for yeah. Danny Green, but, but you know what? Uh, I've said this all the time, but you can't have too much wing depth or shooting in today's NBA. And so I don't blame the 76ers at all for giving this a shot and see, hey, if Danny Green's got it, great. Then you've got a veteran wing player that maybe you can put in every few games or something like that and, and can still give you a little something. At one point, Danny Green was the was the prototype for the 3 and D multi-positional wing defender um, in the NBA. And, you know, we'll see if the 76ers can get a little bit more basketball out of him. Yep. Yeah, that's – yeah, I'm very – uh, curious to see. I mean, he only played not now that I've got it pulled up. He only played in 11 total games last year in the regular season. Did shoot it fairly well from three with Cleveland, uh, 45%. He, you know, it was only 29 attempts, but that's, you know, 
a little higher than normal, but that still mm-hmm. shows he's still got the shooting touch. I think the days of Danny Green for a while there, right? Remember, it was anytime anybody mentioned we need a three and D guy like Danny Green, right? Like that was he was like the prototype three and D guy. I don't know that he's there with the D part of it anymore. I mean, he used to be, you could put him on anybody one through three and he was fine. Right. Now that's probably, that's probably gone by the wayside, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, and this could be one move for Philly. This could be a, Hey, let's have a little coverage in case Harden isn't here or in case we make a trade and you know, we, we need another guy to come in or whatever it is. At least we know him. We're comfortable with him. Uh, I, Think. Yeah, Nick Nurse had him right in Toronto because he was mm-hmm. part of the Kawhi trade. So, um, yeah, so that probably feels, uh, you know, right for them to kind of move in that direction. Right, right, and we'll see. Hopefully, Danny Green is able to make something with this of this opportunity. Um, Keith, what a busy day! What a busy for for September. Right, this is normally still the calm right. period right now in the NBA. Things pick up a few weeks from now. Um, this is kind of fun. This is so we've got football starting up tomorrow night. I was kind of I, I honestly was feeling a little bit jealous of the <laughs> NFL because I'm like, hey, real games are starting for the NFL tomorrow and everything. Like I'm excited for it, but at the same time, from the basketball perspective, I was feeling a little bit jealous that um that there wasn't this kind of like sink your teeth into it kind of, of stuff going on in the NBA. And lo and behold, here we get a day like today where there's tons of stuff out, tons of things to talk about. And uh, it's just got me that much more fired up for the regular season. This is like, or the uh, the start of even the preseason. This is like the appetizer to get us to get us super prepared for what's coming by the end of this month. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, well, we're in a spot where, you know, we, we're going to have a bunch of stuff. Like, like the Hornets announced today, or I guess yesterday, that they signed four guys to training camp contracts. So those mm. are the kind of things that are coming here over the next. Um, you know, a little bit and who knows? I mean, those are what we expect, right? So that those are the things we really kind of expect to have happen. Now we're going to see, is there something that comes big, right? Does a Lillard trade drop? Yes. Does a Harden trade drop? Does something come out of nowhere that we're not expecting? The Siakam deal, you know, or something like that. Cause that seems to like go away and then it gets kind of bubbled back up. Yeah. And I don't know if how much of that is speculation and, you know, versus actual, like, Hey, here's something that's a real report, but what we're going to see, but yeah, man, it's a, uh, you know, busy, busy time about to pick up in the NBA. Cause we're about to see hundreds of signings and some sign and waves designed to get G league rights. But generally these are more procedural type things versus, you know, major signings. And there's, you know, Kelly Oubre, Bismack Biombo, a couple other free agents floating out there who probably should have homes before uh training camp start up. Um, Keith, did you see Mitch Kupchak yesterday in the PJ Washington presser? No. So, so Mitch is, I know from his time with the Lakers, he's known for being able to say a lot of words without actually saying anything. He's also not known for his humor particularly, but PJ Washington is, is given the standard, you know, Oh, I never wanted to go anywhere. I always wanted to be with the Hornets. (laughs) That was my thing. Mitch Kupchak cuts him off. It says that's not what your agent said. That's amazing. <laughs> and and of course <laughs> he's joking. Amazing. He's smiling sure. as he says it and everything. But but from I was not expecting that from from Cupjack of all people. It was it was fantastic and uh, just a just a great moment. I'm like yes, he again not known for comedy. He nailed that. 
That is great. Yeah, no, I didn't. I haven't seen anything out of that, so I'll have to go look that that up. But that that that's good, man. That, yeah, that that is classic, right on the money with that one. Yeah, and you know, PJ got a good, got a good, solid deal, you know, out of it. Yes, he so, did. You know, good for him. Yes, he did. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show on YouTube as well as over on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe.